Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 9. Paul is at the, uh, the end of this letter. I almost thought, you know what, I think I can blaze all the way to verse number 22. And then I got studying and I was like, I can't blaze to verse number 22. So here we are, verse number 9. Paul says to Timothy, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak, that I have left, or I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Father, thank you for this time together in your house. Thank you for encouraging our hearts. And we pray that you would bless us with your word tonight, that you bless it to our hearts as spiritual food that would strengthen us for this week. And would you meet the needs? And really, Lord, would you challenge us uh, so that we as a, a church family uh, can do your bidding in this place and in this community, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. So Timothy is uh, receiving this letter from his, uh, his father in the faith, as it were. He was led to the Lord um, through the influence of the Apostle Paul there in Lystra. He was picked up on the second missionary journey, began to trail with the Apostle Paul, and really learned the ways of the ministry. He, he saw Paul in his manner of life. He saw in the ins and outs of his life. So everything that Paul did, Timothy was along for the ride and, and uh, w was, had a front row seat to, uh, to that. And really, uh, the same way that Jesus would disciple his disciples and, and bring them along was the same way that Paul uh, brought Timothy along. Alongside of him, he was doing ministry together, and it, it brought about much spiritual benefit to Timothy, as we can see him serving all these many years later um, in, in the places where the Apostle Paul has set him and just serving alongside of him in the ministry. And so now Paul is saying, hey, I, I'm coming to the end. This is the last letter that I'm, I'm writing. This is my final words to you, and I really need you to come and see me. I really want to see you face to face. And we can understand that. They didn't have FaceTime back then. Uh, they didn't have ways of communication like, uh, like we do today where they could communicate easily. And even then, it doesn't replace face-to-face. -face. Uh, uh, don't you, don't you uh, understand that? We don't go eat Christmas dinner on FaceTime. You know, just, there's some things you need to be face-to-face -face for. And Paul had this, uh, this burden in his heart that Timothy would come and be with them there in Rome in his final, in his final days. Now, this, this trip to Rome would be somewhere in the neighborhood, from Ephesus, would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 miles. 
So it wouldn't be a small undertaking and it would not be a short undertaking for, for Timothy to go to Rome and to be there with the Apostle Paul in the final days of his, uh, his life. And it's interesting, even as we think about uh, maybe being at the hospital with somebody or in a home when a person is on hospice, the people that want to be around uh, and the people that are asked to be around during those final moments of a, a person's life, uh, they're important people. They're people that you are knit with and, and, and so forth. And so here the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, I want you to be here. I want you to be with me here in Rome. Would you come? Don't, don't delay. Don't let the grass grow under your feet, as it were. Be here with me here in Rome. And so Paul just had a short time left. In fact, it seems that, I mean, he's just, he is weeks, months uh, away from his execution, and he's asking that Timothy would be with him. And in this last part, this last, we're away from the body of the letter. All the doctrine, all the instruction has been given. We're really at this point where Paul is unveiling his desires. He says, Timothy, this is what I would really like. This is what I want for you to consider. This is what I need for you to accomplish for me. And this is a very personal part of the letter. Uh, and, and as I was studying through this, I, I, really, I really saw, it was almost like Paul, obviously he was under inspiration of the Holy Spirit being moved along, but it was almost like Paul was a little bit all over. His heart was just, you know, just, just fluttering with all sorts of things going through his mind. And, and trying to convey to Timothy as he wrapped up this letter. And he didn't have a word processor where he was able to, you know, uh, process it down and then, you know, I'll put this here and you know, so on. Uh, he just, his heart was all over in, in what he was saying to Timothy. But he was confess, uh, con, uh, communicating some real burdens and some desires that he had. First of all, Paul desired companionship of the faithful. Now, Paul had had disappointments in his ministry. Paul had had a fair amount of disappointments. He's going to mention one, but if you notice here, he says, do thy diligence to come uh, shortly unto me. Why? For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Boy, he wanted to have Timothy nearby. He had Luke there, and we'll see that in a moment, but he, had, he, had, uh, he, had, uh, he wanted Timothy to be with him. Timothy was one who had been faithful for a good many years, and when he met Timothy around, it would have been about 47 uh, AD, and, and now he's writing this at about 67 AD, and we have all this time that has passed, some 20 years that has passed, that he has known Timothy, yes, as a young man, who had a heart for God, and then later on, as he, on the second missionary journey, around 49 AD, picks him up, and he begins to travel along with him. He's known Timothy throughout this time, and Timothy had developed into a very faithful servant. Timid, yes, but a faithful servant. He wanted him to be there. He wanted the, the company of this, this faithful brother in the Lord. Now, notice this disappointment that he mentions, and he doesn't mention this as, a, as an aside. He, this was on his heart. Uh, this had pained Paul. Uh, and, and Paul was, was okay to, to express this to Timothy. He says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now, that's a, that's a really interesting statement there because he was, he was relaying to Timothy that, that this Demas had made a choice, had, had decisively uh, made a choice to, to leave and to abandon the Apostle Paul. Now, I don't know what the, the circumstances were, what the exact circumstances were, um, but he says that he loved this present world. But we need to really look at this matter of this forsaken. This was a, this was a very, very uh, clear decision on Demas's part. He made this decision, I'm no longer tracking with the Apostle Paul, I'm no longer tracking with the cause of Christ, and all that I've learned with the Apostle Paul as a fellow laborer, I am going another direction. I am I'm leaving this place, and I'm going to another. And this was a decision that he had made. 
And it hurt the Apostle Paul. It, it, it burned the Apostle Paul. Unless you think that a, a person in the, the ministry might not have burdens like this, it, it happens. And, 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 and far more than we like to admit, there's, there's times where, you know, I don't know where this person, I don't know what, uh, what happened. I don't know why they, they were going this direction and now they are going this direction. And it, it hurt the Apostle Paul. He says, Timothy, I want you to come. Why? Because, because Demas has forsaken me. He's forsaken me. A fellow laborer has forsaken me. And now he notes here that, uh, that this is, is kind of a, a, a shut and, and closed case. This wasn't an idea that, that he might come back. No, he was, he was done. He is forsaken. It is, it, is a, it is a closed chapter in Demas' life. He has forsaken me. He's moved on. And it hurts. Now, notice what he says, having loved this present world. Having loved this present world. Now, the, the word world here has to do with the, the values, the philosophies, the, the beliefs of the world uh, in distinction from God's plan, in distinction from God's values, God's beliefs, the, the truth of God's word. So he loved the world. He loved the world system. He loved the ideology of the world, the, the thought process, the, the pursuits of the world over God's way of living, over God's on God's teaching, God's truth, and the Bible tells us in Romans 12 and verse number 2, the same word, and be not conformed to this world. And so here we have a man who used to track with the Apostle Paul, used to minister, preach alongside of, but now it says, I don't want this anymore, I want, I want the world. I want what it has to offer. Satan's pretty clever. He constantly is trying to tempt the followers of God to believe that God is 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 holding out on us that the world has something more to offer you than god has to offer you and friends tonight i i just even as i think about demas demas tracked with the apostle paul as long as timothy had and yet now we see him saying i don't want this anymore i'm going a different direction i'm pursuing this and it's amazing to me that demas is found in colossians and also in philemon uh, and, and it says this, Colossians 4 and verse number 14, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Now think about that. Here's these two individuals. We also find that in Rome right now, Luke is with the Apostle Paul. He's there with him. He is the one that is, is staying by his side. Everyone else has left him, but Luke is staying there by his side. He wants Timothy to come. But Demas used to be there. Demas used to show up. Demas used to be a fellow laborer in Philemon 24. It says, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, and notice, my fellow laborers. My fellow laborers. I imagine that pained Paul to write, write this about Demas. I don't know what happened. We used to work together. We used to see eye to eye. We used to have the same heart. We used to have the same desire for Christ. Used to be when I say, hey, we're going to go to this town and preach the gospel. Demas was all in. That's where I want to go to, and I, I'm going to give everything I have to, to, to go along with you. And, and so here we have 2 Timothy written in 67 AD, somewhere around there. Colossians is written in 61. Uh, 61. Uh, Philemon's written around 61. And here we have in seven years' time, or in, in six years' time, we have a man that goes from being a fellow laborer with the Apostle Paul, but not just the Apostle Paul, in the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not get man-centered. Let's understand that Paul, is a, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. So it wasn't all about the Apostle Paul. It was about the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in six years' time, we have a man that has made a decision. 
I'm not there anymore. I'm with the world. I'm not tracking with the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm tracking with the world. How heartbreaking it must have been for him to write this. Yet, six years later, Luke is still there by his side. Now, Luke is getting up in years. Perhaps even some of the reason that, that Paul wanted other companionship is, is, is just that. Uh, Luke was getting feeble. I don't know. But Luke was still there, still being faithful. But Demas, a fellow laborer, had made a decision to go on his way. And what a great burden to the Apostle Paul. Demas had allowed the love for the world to crowd out his love for the Lord Jesus Christ. At some point, his love for the world replaced his love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we look back to verse number 8, would you with me for a moment? Chapter 4 and verse number 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not to me only, but unto all them that love, that love, that love his appearing. Now consider that with me. Here here the apostle Paul says, I'm going to get the crown of righteousness, but all you that are listening to me, you will as well if you love his appearing. If you're looking forward to that, you're, you're preparing yourself for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Demas had stopped. It was no longer loving the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved what appeared around him, what he saw with his eyes around him. The Bible says that he goes over to Thessalonica, that he's over in that area, and he is likely there because he is pursuing after some business in that, in that town, which was a, a business trade center. So it's, it, it is, it's believed that, that he would have uh, gone and pursued after that. Likely, Demas did not say, you know what? I love this world. You know, when we are making decisions away from God, we very, very, very rarely ever state the truth. We always try to spiritualize what we're doing. And watch it. When you have to start rationalizing your decisions and and coming, uh, coming up with clever language, you're probably in trouble. And I have, I have, I have, highly doubt that that Demas came out and said, hey, Paul, I'd like to meet with you. I love this world, and so I'm going to pursue my dream job over in Thessalonica. No. You know, Paul, you know, I I had this opportunity that came up um, tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm leaving. Not, hey, 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 brother Paul, would you pray with me about this? I had this opportunity. No, tomorrow I'm leaving, and I'm going uh, to take this, this position up in Thessalonica. That's probably how it went. Boy, it's, it's a good pain. And by the way, if, if, uh, you know, if it all comes through, I'll probably give a lot more to missions. We get real clever in the way that we start talking about pursuing after the things of the world. And, and here's the thing. This is why it relates to us here tonight. Demas used to sit where you sat. Every single one of us has the potential of making decisions that take us out of the work of the Lord and into following after the things of this world. It doesn't matter our age. It does not matter our age. Now, I don't know. Maybe he got hurt along the way. Uh, maybe one too many times, you know, people just, uh, just uh, hurt him and, and stabbed him in the back. I don't know what it was that caused him to do what he did, but he did. And Demas had forsaken Paul, having loved this present world. And, and the thing that I think we need to take away tonight from Demas's testimony is not, oh, you know, uh, this, this fear that I'm, I might do it, but th- at the same time, an awareness of the fact that just because I'm sitting here loving the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Just because I'm loving the Lord Jesus Christ right now does not mean that I will always in the future, I have to constantly tend to my love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it was D.L. Moody that, um, that spoke about uh, us needing to constantly tend to the, the fire of our soul. It is the nature of fires to go out. Isn't that true? It's the nature of fires. Does anyone here heat their home with fire, with wood burning? No? It's the nature of fire. We grew up around uh, doing some of that, and uh, I hope to get into some of that here soon. And uh, it's the nature of fires to go out. You have to stoke it. You have to stoke it. You have to stir it up. You have to stir it up. And so with our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And friends, let's not, let's not have it to be said of one of us sitting here tonight that, hey, so-and-so has forsaken us having loved this present world. We got allured by something Satan brought up and said, hey, this is good, and, and you don't have that. If you continue serving the Lord, you won't have that. You won't have that. And so Demas has moved on his way, and I'm reminded that we can talk a spiritual talk and be in love in the world, with the world. We can talk spiritually. We can sound good and be in love with the world. And God brought that up with his own people. Matthew 15 and verse number 8, Jesus talks to his own people, to the children of Israel, and says, you draw near to me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. Oh, may our lips match what's going on in our heart. May we be true. May we be real before our God. God sees it all. And uh, if you're struggling with the Lord tonight, I encourage you, go all the way with the Lord. Don't, don't, don't be content just to stay at that point. Uh, go all the way with the Lord, and don't let anything come in between you. We don't want... We don't want Demas situations. We want Luke situations. Faithful, faithful, faithful. And that's what we want, and that's what we want to be. But there was not only the, the desertion of, of Demas, but there was also uh, some other, other fellow laborers that were called to other places, that needed to be in other places. And you notice what he says. Crescens went to Galatia, and then Titus to Dalmatia. And these are, these are, these are some regions that he has sent them to. Uh, to Galatia, if you give me that map again, there's some, there's some regions that they, they sent them to, uh, Galatia and Dalmatia up there, and that these two individuals were there preaching, being a part of the churches, and just uh, continuing to help the efforts of the Lord Jesus Christ to go forward. Tychicus uh, is going to be sent over to Ephesus, as you see, uh, as you see there, uh, to relieve Timothy. So Paul desired to see Timothy. I want companionship. I want the company of this faithful brother, this one uh, who I've helped in the faith, who I've led along, who I've mentored and helped him along. And I just remember this, that at the end of our life, uh, what we have done for Christ, who we have impacted for Christ is going to be the most precious to us. And we think that it might be a possession or something like that or our achievements. No, uh, who we are with the Lord Jesus Christ and those that we've impacted with the Lord Jesus Christ are going to be the most precious. That's who Paul is calling close to him at this point. I want my son in the faith, Timothy. I want him. And uh, it's an amazing thing to think about this, this young man receiving this letter from the Apostle Paul. Hey, come to Rome, and, uh, and, and I want to see you here. And even at the end of Paul's life, I think of the song, uh, as we turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, the, Bible, uh, the, the song goes, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And we come to the end of Paul's life, all that mattered to him is those he had affected for the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, the things that concerned him. And so here he is uh, wanting his son in the faith to come. But he didn't just want companionship of faithful Timothy. He also wanted to solve a matter or uh, to resolve a matter, complete a matter uh, uh, with John Mark. And so if you notice there, he asked Timothy, when you come, I want you to take, I want you to um, pick up, I want you to collect 
John Mark to come with, uh, with you. And this is really perhaps some unfinished business that Paul had with, with John Mark, a final conversation with him just to let him know, hey, I'm going to be passing on, but I want to relay some things to you. I want to encourage you. And so he was to come up with them. Galatians tells us, uh, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Remember this, that restoration uh, is, is full circle. Restoration isn't, okay, I forgive you, uh, I, I forgive you, and then uh, you, the, the, the two never meet again. A restoration is where there's a restoration of fellowship. When we are reconciled to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we're reconciled to the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a restoration of fellowship. And so what God wants among his people is a restoration of fellowship. He wants it to be brought back together again. And I've, I know far too many Christians that are very content not to have a restoration. And we want a restoration. Even those that are, that are overtaken in fault, we want a restoration, want them brought back. That's why we talk about when people come back to the, um, to the body of Christ and they come, uh, they come back here, and maybe they've been gone for many years. We're glad they're here. We want to restore them. We want to help them along. And, uh, and it, it, sometimes people think, oh, I, I won't ever be accepted again. No, it's not the case not the case. The body of Christ should always accept and, and, and help towards the restoration process. So here we have a man that was in the process of being restored. And I want you to think about this man, John Mark. Paul desired to uh, communicate to him acceptance. Yes, acceptance that's mentioned here in this verse, but also of restoration. And he says, take, John, uh, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now, he had quit on the first missionary journey, AD 47. And so he had gone back. Remember, they had come out of, they had come out of Cyprus. They were traveling up. They were going to go up into Pamphylia, but he decided not to go to the work. He decided to go back to Jerusalem, and he goes back. It does not say in Acts chapter 13 why he went back, whether it was the strain of it. And, and, and in all honesty, he was probably around the age of a teenager, maybe a young adult, and uh, perhaps some of the things that he was seeing on the journey spooked him and were more than he uh, he could handle perhaps he didn't count the sacrifice that it would require for him to be on this missionary journey with the apostle paul but you know what i think we also ought to remember that he went he went and uh it didn't it didn't end well but he went and uh praise the lord for um praise the lord for that but that's not the end of his story now we go to acts chapter number 15 we find in verse number 38 when barnabas wanted to bring uh, john mark on the second missionary journey there it created a division between um, barnabas and and paul Paul did not want to give him a second chance at that point. Maybe he hadn't heard enough good reports on him. Maybe he was just being a stickler. I don't know. Um, but but there, there, was a, there was a struggle there. And, uh, and, and so there was now a division. Now John Mark is going along with Barnabas. And we have Paul and Silas going on their way. And uh, during this time, no doubt God is using Barnabas to restore restore this one john mark and so that's that's happening in the early years there in, in 47 AD and going forward but john mark had a heart for christ he went on that that missionary journey he was not able to pay the sacrifice he was not able to deal with the sacrifice and i i just want us to realize that you know sometimes people get into the the middle of ministering for the lord and they did not realize all that it would require they did not realize the work and that it would would require they did not realize the the pain sometimes that it might bring into uh into one's life and 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 perhaps they even go back like a john mark 
But notice here, now Paul is saying to him, hey, this man is useful to me. He's profitable for me in the ministry. And I, I just noticed this. It does not say he will be profitable for me in the ministry, to me in the ministry. He says he is profitable. Like right now, he is currently, he is presently profitable. So I don't know all that John Mark was doing uh, as Paul would call him to Rome, but he was profiting, he was being useful in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how encouraging it must have been to hear from the mouth of Timothy, this young man, John Mark, saying, hey, Paul would like to see you. He's, he's really close to the end of his life up there in, in Rome. He'd like to see you one last time. I don't know about you, that would encourage my heart. That would encourage my heart. Because Acts 15 doesn't leave a, a real good feel between Paul and, and John Mark. It's it just kind of un, un, unfinished. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit of God put this passage of Scripture in here to help us realize that got, that got salt. Got salt. And, uh, and the body of Christ continued to go, uh, continued to go forward. So uh, it is profitable. Uh, he's profitable to me. Right now he's profitable. And notice here, it says, for the ministry. That's for service. The word has the idea of work. In Acts 15, 38, Paul says, uh-uh, he is not going with us because he didn't go with us to the work. He didn't go to Pamphylia with us to the work. Here he's saying, he's profitable for me for the work. And there's a total change here that has happened in John Mark's life. And so I want us to realize this, that, that Paul's desire to have him come up there was going to be one of acceptance of of restoration but also it just reminds us of this that following christ does require sacrifice following christ does require sacrifice and there's going to be times where where someone doesn't go all the way i would that we'd have these these type of endings i think we need to look and seek lord help us to have these type of endings help us to be looking how to develop them along the way jesus himself said that it's going to require sacrifice we need to be reminded of that right now tonight on this sunday evening that, that following Jesus and serving him in this place and in our community, it requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That's sacrifice. It isn't always easy. It isn't always easy. In fact, many times it is not easy. But we have the grace of God there to help us along. And so here we have this man who, has, who at one time did not count the cost of sacrifice. But now God has restored him He's working in his life, and it, uh, the story is a, a, a lot different. And I want us to consider this, how that failure is not final. With the, uh, with the Apostle Paul and the story of John Mark, failure is not final. He failed. He didn't go to, with them to the work, but now something has changed, and we find here 20 years after that failure, 47 AD, 67 AD now, we find 20 years after that failure, Paul is saying, hey, bring him up to Rome. I'd like to see him before I die. I'd like him to be here. And, and, and we, we catch the glimpse that John Mark is now a spiritually healthy, engaged, thriving believer that is ready to do the work, that is profitable, is useful in the work. How was that so? Now I want us to consider John Mark, was the one that God used to write the Gospel of Mark. Does anyone remember who was the main, uh, the main eyewitness for the Gospel of Mark? Peter. You know that John, Mark, and Peter had to spend a little bit of time together? So I find this interesting. Barnabas was involved in his restoration. Peter, impetuous Peter, 
was involved in his restoration. I, don't, I, I, really, I, I hope you can just imagine with me for a few moments, and I don't think I do this, this justice, but if you read through the book of Mark, you are going to have a fast run through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. A, a quick run through his life that is going to be powerful. It's going to give a glimpse of the Lord Jesus in a way that the others, the others do not, but it's going to give you a glimpse of the Lord Jesus. It's going to give you a, a glimpse of this, 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 the Lord Jesus as a servant, as one who was, was preoccupied with serving mankind. And I can only imagine as John, Mark, and Peter were writing down and having those meetings together as they were writing this down, that the life and ministry and the work of Jesus Christ impacted John in a way that was very powerful. I understand it as, as best as, I, as my study has given me. I understand it that he wrote this after his failure. So at some point along the line, I don't know how all that happened. If he was back there in the church at Jerusalem and he was, he was, he was working with, uh, with, with Peter, and I don't know how all, this, how all this transpired, but he came alongside of, of, of Peter and, and had the opportunity to, uh, to write down uh, the, the Gospel of Mark. And I can only imagine as he read over those things and he's wrote those things down about the Lord Jesus Christ that the Lord himself also began to restore this young man and to put in him a desire to follow after Christ like no other person had. And I just say to us tonight that failure is not final. God can bring into a person's life people who will help restore them, but ultimately bring them into an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ that will restore them to full usefulness. God is not done with a person because they walked out, because they left the work. God is not done. And sometimes we get so tunnel vision that God's done with a person, you know, they, you know, they've wronged me, and that God's done with them. No, here's a story of a man who, who, who messed up. He quit on God. He quit on, on, on the, the ministry team. He messed up, but now God is helping him to come around all the way, and he's fully restored. We find in Mark chapter 14, verse 51, uh, many believe that the young man that's mentioned in those verses that ran out of the Garden of Gethsemane was none other than John Mark as a young man, and, and he put that in there, uh, a little bit of an embarrassing story. Uh, that, that is put in there. He, he runs out. He kinda, it seems like he, he uh, came out of his house at night, kind of wrapping himself in a blanket, and then runs out, you know, uh, kind of uh, not clad real well. And so uh, he puts that story in there, and here we have this young man who God used to write down a perspective of Jesus Christ while he was here on earth. Pretty awesome. I think it's awesome. Isn't it true that we get, we get so human-focused about people and we make determinations about people where they'll never mount anything for God? And God shows us a perspective of 20 years and says, yeah, failure's not final. That, that is a beautiful thing. That ought to encourage every heart here and that ought to also instruct us for how we ought to, to approach people. 
There's a, like I said a moment ago, people are hurting all the time. And sometimes people come into a place like this because they've been hurt in the past over and over. It's almost gotten to the point where I, I talk to people, you know, they say, I don't go to church. You've been hurt, haven't you? It's just almost to the point there. I just, I just say, you've been hurt, haven't you? Uh, there's so much hurt and so much baggage and so much uh, stuff that have to be processed through, but fa- failure is not final. Uh, those things aren't final. God is working in their heart to bring them back to himself. And so he did that with John Mark. And what a beautiful, beautiful ending here uh, with, the, uh, with the Apostle Paul. He's profitable for me to the ministry. So uh, Paul desired the companionship with Timothy, desired to, to finish this up with John Mark, but also notice he desired the comfort of the word. In verse number, uh, verse number 13, he says, make sure you especially bring the parchments to me. Make sure those, those come. Uh, don't come to me without the parchments. Make sure they come. Now notice in verse number 12, he says, Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus. Why is that important? Because, because as we understand from other passages of Scripture, Timothy had the same heart for people as the Apostle Paul did. Uh, I have no man who will naturally care for your state other than Timothy. He has the same heart care for you. He has the same heart throb for you. He, it's a, it, uh, him being with you is like me being there. I, we have blended hearts for the things of the Lord and for the people of the Lord and to help them along. And he says this to Timothy. Timothy, I'm asking you to come to me, but I've already made a way for you to be, um, be relieved of your duties there in Ephesus, so I've sent Tychicus down there. As you receive this letter, this is the commission I've given to Tychicus to come down and to, to be down there with you and to, uh, to take up the pastoring there of the people in Ephesus. And so he goes on to say, hey, make sure, very practically, make sure you bring the cloak, make sure you bring the books, and make sure you bring the parchments. The cloak, it's easy, all right? I, I need a coat. Why? Because I'm in the Mamertine prison. It's cold, it's damp, it's, it's, the weather up here isn't nice. And so the Mamertine prison is a dungeon. It's a hole in the ground. It's not nice. And there you can somewhat see it. It's a hole in the ground. They would have had food uh, uh, put into, uh, given down to them through a hole. And it was just a, a damp, dungeon-like place. And so he needed his coat, just a practical matter uh, uh, for the Apostle Paul. Bring that along. And uh, I guess he left it, uh, and it, it was left up in, in Troas, so bring that along. But then he says the book. Probably, and some people believe that that, that would have just been his own writings, um, things that he had written down that he wasn't able to bring with him when they brought him up to Rome in the first place. And then he says, especially the parchments, especially the parchments. Many believe also that these are referring to the Old Testament, uh, his Old Testament copies, uh, the the uh, copies of the Old Testament that he could personally read the Word of God. And I just want to end on this. Paul's desire here in this this moment, hey, as I'm up here, I don't want to stop studying. I don't want to stop being in the Word of God. I don't want to stop reading the Word of God. Please bring the parchments. They comfort my soul. And as I think about Jeremiah 15 and verse number 16, the Bible tells us that when Jeremiah found the words of God, I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. There is nothing that comforts our hearts like Jesus Christ. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus? Anything? Anything? No. And ultimately, as I said this morning, Jesus is the living word. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus? Who can reassure our hearts that, I am here. Who can reassure our hearts that 
I have a plan for you, and I have a, a, a future for you, and, and I'm going to be with you all the way to the end, and I'm preparing a place for you, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to reward you, and I, I have a, a, a purpose and plan and direction for your life, and uh, this is the way to go through this problem, and, and, and all these things. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus? Nothing. Paul's asking for, hey, I want the parchments. I want those to be with me. I want the comfort of the Word of God. And here at the end of his life, there are many things that he desired, as we'll even see in the next time that we're in this passage of Scripture, but he wanted his faithful companion, Timothy, to be up with him. He wanted to make sure that he was fully completing this whole restoration uh, process with John Mark, and he wanted the comfort of the Word of God. Oh, that we would have the same desires as the, as the Apostle Paul. Keep company with the faithful. Keep company with the faithful. Uh, you know, you can keep company with a lot of folks, but I hope that you'll keep company with those that are faithful to the Lord, that are faithful and that encourage you to be faithful to the Lord. And there's anything that needs to be restored. Let's take it from the Apostle Paul. Doesn't have to wait 20 years. Doesn't have to. Uh, but God is working. And let's allow God to work and let's be open to whatever God is doing and let's make sure that we're, we're not hindering the process in any way. And let's allow the Lord to comfort our hearts through his word as the Apostle Paul longed for his um, parchments to come uh, there to him in Rome. Let's ask the Lord to bless this food to our hearts, the spiritual food to our hearts. Thank you, dear Jesus, for your goodness to us. Help us, Lord, to have desires like the Apostle Paul that are pure as he comes to the end of his life. Practical, yes, but pure. And I pray that you would help each one of us not to not to in any way be like a, a, a Demas, but to be like a Luke that just continues forward. The Lord continues to bless those around us. And I pray that you just help us to be believers that are faithful all the way to the end as we've observed in the life of the Apostle Paul. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you, with your heads bowed, I'd like to encourage you in a, in a way of praying. I wrote this down in, uh, as I completed this tonight. Lord, would you refine me so that my desires and actions at the end of my life reflect a heart that is totally in love with you, your church, your people, your work in this world. Help me to be faithful to the very end. Would you pray something like that? Lord, help me, help me to be refined, or would you refine me in such a way that my desires, like the Apostle Paul, my actions what he wrote down, the end of my life, reflect a heart that is totally in love with you, your church, your people, and your work in the world. I don't get in Paul's life at all that there's any sense of vainglory, of pride, arrogance, trying to hold on to every last inch of his life. It was a life totally in love with the Lord and his purposes in the world. And quiet at this moment, would you just pray something like that to the Lord? Father, we give you praise for uh, your word and just the, the practicality of it. And so, Lord, help us to take this and apply it into this week. Give us opportunities, we pray. Lord, whether to restore uh, those that might be overtaken in a fault. Um, Lord, you know the people that you're going to have us to meet this week. Or whether it's just to encourage someone that, that has been struggling someone who has stepped away from the Lord. Lord, help us. I pray that we'd be life-giving individuals this week. And uh, we, need, we need your spirit in order to do that. 
Help us to embrace the, the days that you give us with poise, uh, seeking your kingdom, your, your purposes first, even if that means the disruption of our own schedules. And uh, would you be glorified in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.